Episode 48. The Debt-Free Guys. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. All right, Katie. So today we're chatting to the Debt-Free Guys, and they paid back a mountain of credit card debt. Yeah, when they were talking about how they paid back, I think it was $51,000. Yeah, that's a big number. 10 years ago. Yeah. So... <laughs> Holy moly, um, go with them for paying it back. They really teamed up together and they they paid it down little by little by having to do like little cutbacks and everything, which is really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. You really get used to lifestyle inflation and keeping up with the Joneses and everything else. So it's very easy to fall into that trap where you're just spending a lot of money and you you know, it's actually, a, it's actually a debt trap that people get stuck in, you know? Yeah. Well, if anyone's looking for other credit card advice and like things to do, check out, I think it was two days ago, Jordan Goodman's episode. He gives a lot of great tips on credit cards and how to handle them and how to, you know, how many you should have and stuff like that. But today we're diving into a story in terms of how these guys pay back this mountain of debt. They were so inspiring to me. Yeah, no, it really is quite something. So should we dive right into our interview? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have David Orton and John Schneider with us. David and John run the popular personal finance website, Debt Free Guys. They have written for Yahoo Finance, Huffington Post, Business Insider, MSN Money, Time, and many more. They've also been featured on US News and World Report, MarketWatch, Nasdaq.com, Christian Science Monitor, and others. When David and John met, despite having 13 years of combined experience in financial services when they first started to date, they had a total of $51,000 in combined credit card debt. Welcome, Hi John guys. and David. <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks. We appreciate being here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Okay, so $51,000 in credit card debt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just a little perspective. That was also about 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. So I'm sure that inflated numbers, that would probably be more like 75 to 100,000 these days. <laughs> yep, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what did you guys do to pay it off? <sighs> I know that side. I have that same side with my student loan. What did you do to pay it off? Right. <laughs> I think the first thing was that we actually kind of, had that kind of come to Jesus aha moment that it would needed to be paid off, that this wasn't the way that we wanted to live. We had to say to ourselves, this is, this is not the direction that we want our lives to go in. And we were in some ways jealous of some of our friends who were passing us by financially by buying homes and, uh, and doing the things that, that seemed to be making them happy. And we were doing things that were only making us temporarily happy. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of had that come to Jesus moment. I think all along for several years, we both knew that we were not doing well financially. Uh, it wasn't until we sort of hit our rock bottom that we finally 
said, uh, you know, we need to do something. We need to change our lives. Otherwise, we're going to continue to be in the same space. And at that time, we were renting a friend's uh, basement apartment. So, you know, we were here. We were in our 30s or so. And, uh, you know, $51,000 worth of credit card debt, living in a renting a friend's basement apartment. You know, our lives just weren't going in the direction that we wanted it to go. And so, you know, we had a I think the first thing that we did was uh, David did an analysis of our spending habits. Uh, he went back an entire 12 months, grabbed all of our statements for every account that we had, uh, investing accounts, uh, retirement accounts, uh, checking accounts, and he itemized all of our expenses. And when we saw how much money we were actually bringing home relative to how much we were spending, our eyes just exploded. We just couldn't believe the categories that we were overspending in and how we weren't doing anything that we were telling people through our professional lives that they should be doing. Uh, you know, we're spending just a ton of money on uh, dining out, happy hours, uh, clubbing, clothing, and just everything that wasn't providing us with long-term satisfaction. And so, but the, the benefit of that particular exercise was that we realized, you know, that with just a shift in our spending, we could actually pay off our debt pretty quickly and start to, save and invest for the things that actually meant something to us. And that was the second exercise was that we started to have a discussion of what was really important to us. Um, I think for several years, we were living up to other people's expectations. We were making up for lost time of feeling inferior and insecure about who we were and um, the, the times and situations from which we came. And we finally realized that, you know, while we had fun, with our carefree clubbing days and having expensive clothing and vacations um, that they weren't necessarily fueling us. And we started to realize what was important to us. So realizing that with just a shift in our spending and realizing what was important to us, that kind of gave us the motivation to, to finally get out of debt. And that I think to a high level covers sort of what we, what we did. Um, we can go you know, deeper if you want to, for sure. <laughs> it's amazing yeah, how lifestyle creep can really just all of a sudden appear and you're spending money in places you didn't even know you were. And unless yeah. you take that exercise and actually look through your bills, you'll never know. And it's a painful thing to do. It's scary. It is. It is. You know, I think well, me, especially when I finally moved out on my own, I felt like I had to have certain things and live a certain way to, to finally be an adult. You know, I thought I was, you know, I had to, had to meet sort of this particular definition of what it was to be independent and, be mature. Um, but all it did was really just dig me further and further into debt. Um, and that was, you know, kind of surprising and depressing at the same time. You mentioned that it's, it's scary, um, to do that exercise. But the other thing is that once you're done with it, it's amazingly liberating because you see exactly where it is that you can make the tweaks and the changes in your lifestyle to get back to a place where, you want to be so you can spend on the things you really want to spend on. Exactly. You know, I think one example is that we were spending upwards of $400 a month, or I'm sorry, $400 a week on groceries. And at the same time, there were some weeks we we're spending that much money dining out. So we had every intention of, of cooking at home and, and cooking for ourselves and eating at home. But we often, life got ahead of us. Things got baked crazy. Uh, work was stressful. So we would go out to expensive dinners and dinners always came with drinks and that like makes everything even that much more expensive. And when we realized how much we were spending just on food alone, and at the time, you know, we're just two people. That's a lot of money to spend on food. We realized that we could dial that, that back seriously and uh, put that money that we were otherwise putting towards food, whether it was dining out or groceries and put that towards our debt and pay our debt off much more quickly. 
we were also fortunate that Dave and I, uh, most of our debt was credit card debt. And, um, you know, at the time it didn't seem fortunate, but in hindsight it was because we were able to do what we call the debt lasso method was where we uh, lowered our credit card interest rates to zero so that we could put the money that we were originally putting towards interest payments, which was about $10,000 a year, we could uh, direct that towards our principal. Um, and that sort of combination of uh, paying uh, paying lower interest rates, putting that money towards our debt, and paying less in food and putting that towards our debt uh, really helped us pay off our debt, ultimately in about two and a half years. Wow. And that whole thing you said about going out to eat and trying to cook at home, but you still like you get caught up in that it's like a tumbleweed where you just are just constantly <laughs> spending money. We've had that problem too, where when I first moved to in with Den, he told me we were spending like $900 a month on food. And it's just the two of us. Right. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. No, first of all, no wonder I have gained so much weight living here. <laughs> Between that and the, the whole milk cappuccinos that apparently I was drinking every day. But oh, John I, loves them too. Yeah. And I was just like, there's no way because when I lived in Florida, like I definitely was not spending that much money on food and you just get caught up in it and you really, even at trying to save money and eating at home, you still have to watch what you're actually buying at the grocery store. Right. That's so true. That was one of the tactics that we used when we went to cut our budget. We said, we don't need to have all these prepared foods. Uh, we don't need to go to Whole Foods every single time we go shopping. There are lots of other places that we can go. There's lots of other options. And we got back to loving to cook. We, we, I have always liked cooking. I, my mom raised me in the kitchen and I love that. And, uh, then we kind of took this break. I got to the point when I was working where almost every single day I would stop at uh, the coffee shop and get a bagel and coffee. And then I would go out to lunch. And that was a huge chunk of our dining out money, or at least my dining out money that ended up going on my credit cards. Yeah. I read something somewhere, how much money you can save if you take your lunch to work every day. Right. And yeah, that has crazy. been a big help for us. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Besides like going out to eat all the time and, you know, spending money on clothes and everything, did you have any other kind of creature comfort habits that you had to cut back on? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, David already mentioned one. Um, I think another one that, that's big was big for us. It maybe still is sometimes. Um, we love wine. <laughs> we do, too. We do too. <laughs> yeah. Wine and coffee. Yeah. And that's a category for us that can totally just creep up. You know, there are some decent wines that are 10 and $12, but you know, if we don't pay attention, all of a sudden on a nightly basis, we're going through a 20 or $30 bottle of wine. And you know, when you're, it's a great way to live, but that's not necessarily what our purpose in life is. It's not exactly what we want to achieve in life. Right. So <laughs> we want to be able to do more than sit at home and drink a fancy bottle of wine. We want to go out and have a fancy bottle of wine, particularly in Italy. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you just kind of, you kind of have to rein that back in every now and then. So I think that was probably one of our biggest areas. Would you say there's something else? Yeah. I, I think that there were lots of little things that we did. And like we, we cut the cable cord um, and uh, yeah. we 
just that was a huge chunk of money that allowed us to I, I think I calculated that that was saving us about twelve hundred dollars a year. Um, and that money went to paying off debt. Um, just this just simple habits that we had that we needed to replace with something that was just a little bit less. Um, we call it the NSE or not so expensive. We found this way of still doing things that we love to do or still finding ways to go out and have fun and be with our friends. But we found a way to just rein it back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are some decent boxes of wine, actually, that you can get, which are perfect for like a wait, Monday wait, or Tuesday hold on, night. Hold on, hold on. Did you just say there's a good box of wine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there are lots, actually. They're becoming quite ubiquitous. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? Cardboard dough? It's funny you say that because Dennis, like, would never buy a box of wine. And when we went to visit his family in South Africa, the first thing his mom offered me was wine out of a box. <laughs> She's like, this is the best wine I've ever had. And I could just see his his face was yeah. like, oh my. <laughs> I said, I'm a wine stop. Not that she was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've evolved beyond, you know, Franzia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the cheap stuff. But, you know, and somebody's, you know, people often say you didn't get out of debt just by cutting your cable cord or you didn't get out of debt just by cutting back on your what you spend on wine. But it's all those little things that add up. And that's why one of our, our, our mantras, at least part of our old tagline, was, uh, you know, live money conscious. And it's just simply being aware of where every dollar is going and simply being aware of how the changes in the economy and politics are affecting you financially and responding accordingly. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, read barons every week. It doesn't mean that you have to be meticulous about every penny though that doesn't hurt. Um, it just means being conscious that, you know, I don't need to drink a $30 bottle of wine Monday night before I go to work on Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. And also like small changes over a long period of time have a massive effect. Yeah, the, the compounding effect applies to everything. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's, I know it's Margaret Thatcher said it, but I think it was also uh, Gandhi maybe who originally said it, that whole idea of watch what you, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your destiny. And it's the exact same thing with our spending habits. You know, what we think about, we spend, we eventually spend on, and what we spend on when it becomes our spending habits, it becomes our lifestyle. And our lifestyle could be one that is just going to drive us into the ground financially. Well, and that's what it did to us. Our, our, Literally. <laughs> our bad habits. We, yeah, we were, we were living, living in a basement eight, eight feet underground. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were underground. Yeah, yeah. If I stood on my toes, I could see out the garden window, <laughs> and I'm I'm short though, so it's yeah. not entirely fair. <laughs> awesome. So on your website, you point out that you guys are the only queer couple in the personal finance blogging niche. So, if any, have there been any obstacles you've had to overcome? Tons. <laughs> well, it, I, we'll say that we are seeing some other, um, yeah, the, some good. other interest from individuals, and we absolutely love it. We need this message to be much, much broader and louder in our community because we think it's an important one. Uh, just, just like uh, other niches within the blogging, uh, the personal finance blogging arena, it's a, it's an important one. So yeah, we're starting to see some more um, LGBT people get into personal finance blogging. So that's exciting. Um, as far as we know, we were the first people to get into that space. And even today, I think as far as we know, we're the only couple doing it. I think 
one of the struggles that we've had was because we were, as far as we know, we're the first, we're sort of creating a, a market. Nobody typically types in Google, you know, gay money. Um, and when they, they do, they're possibly not looking for personal finance advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and so for that matter, I don't, I don't think that the LGBT community knows that there's a, uh, a couple or even a few personal finance bloggers who are like them, who are speaking like them, who have similar concerns, um, who are trying to help our community with personal finance. Um, so I think that's, that's been a struggle trying to, trying to create a market. I also think that I don't think queer people have taken some aspects of our lives very seriously because we have been taken seriously. Um, and we've also had some very serious distractions um, in our history. So I think, you know, it's kind of like a hierarchy of needs. If you're worried about your safety and security, if you're worried about your health, you might not necessarily be working about worrying about your, your, your financial situation that might become secondary or tertiary. So I think that, um, you know, now that we have managed equality, um, I think that's affording us the opportunity to start, uh, improving our, our personal finance, at least starting to think about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the fact that there is marriage equality and and there's just more awareness of everything, it definitely shows the progression of how things are changing and, and getting better. Um, what else, what other topics do you guys typically cover? I think that John and I really... Um, we really want to help kind of give individuals a, a rounded experience when they come to our website. So it's not all just money focused or a podcast isn't all just money focused. We do like um, talking about the mentality and the lifestyle that you can have when you do uh, when you live a money conscious life. So sometimes we talk about travel. Uh, sometimes we talk about budgeting. Sometimes we talk about uh, food and the ways that you can cook and um, our, one of our other favorite topics is to talk about the law of attraction, uh, because John and I believe that it's once we really decided what we wanted in life and we went after that, that's when our lives really started changing. When we made, made this mental picture of what we wanted our life to look like, uh, that's really when it all started to happen. That definitely makes a lot of sense. So what would you say are some areas that you're trying to raise awareness for? Um, I think one of the areas is that our community is uh, very involved in the community. They like to help people. Um, they want to give uh, their time and their and their money. One of the areas we're trying to raise awareness is, is that the better you off you are financially, the more financially secure you are, the more you can actually help. Um, it does a disservice to our community if you're solely focused on everyone else and you don't provide enough um, personal love. So um, the only way you can really give more is if your cup is, is flowing over. So we're trying to, to speak to our community to take their financial situation seriously, improve their financial situation so that they then have more money um, and have more time so they can give our, to our community. That's a really good point. We actually uh, had a conversation the other day where there seems to be a lot of people on on corners of the street in dc who are asking for like spare change and everything and you know sometimes i have spare change and you know i'm happy to give it to them and everything but at the end of the day like i don't have the money to actually help somebody else you have to start that like like i have to be debt free first in order for me to be able to go out and help my community 
exactly. It, it's the it's the whole when the airbag drops on the airplane. Yeah, you got you to put it on yourself first before you help the, the person next to you or the child yeah. next to you. And it's, it's it, 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 for so many people, that's a that's a, a, a an odd reaction or to, a, to odd process to think about. You you want to help the child sitting you next next to you first. You want to help your son or daughter, and but the reality is, is you can't help them for very long if you haven't helped yourself. You know, you, you run out of auction, then you both die. So it's kind of the same case financially that at some point you won't be able to give back to the community. And I think that's one of the reasons why John and I say live fabulously, not fabulously broke is because you can give back to your community when you're not broke and you can give back even more, whether it's your time or your energy or your money. Yeah. You can give all three of those when you're not struggling financially. Yeah, but you have to take that first step yourself and be in a place where you are able to help other people to actually do something about it. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't help anybody when you're exhausted after like 15 hours of working. Right. <laughs> no, which, exactly. Which is when I seem to always see those people. Like, I'm so tired. I, I can't help you right now. I'm really sorry. I've got X amount of dollars in student loans to pay off. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's and it. that's all I think about, like, and I feel like, buddy, I'm hungry too. <laughs> um, so we're, as, as I'm sure you probably know, working as a couple can be like super challenging. <laughs> we were, when we were looking for our new apartment, we were talking to the guy who was showing us one of the places and we were talking about our podcast and everything because we were looking at these like teeny tiny little apartments and our podcast equipment is. Like, I feel like it takes up the entire room. <laughs> it does. So we're like, I'm like mentally trying to like place where everything would go when we're talking about it. So it becomes like a conversation with the guy. And he was like, wow, you guys run a podcast together. Like, what is your relationship like? <laughs> it's like, there are, it's like, it's like a roller coaster. There are like great times where it's really great. And then there are other times where... It's it's not that great. So how have you guys found being business partners as well as a, in a couple? We love it. David really, really loves it. <laughs> I do everything that I'm told. <laughs> Just sometimes that's easier. <laughs> it is sometimes easier. Happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> so one of the things, one of the reasons why David and I decided to um, start Dead Free Guys and Queer Money uh, was because we realized that we were would leave the house or the condo at six o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't get home until six o'clock at night. And we spent all that time in between away from each other. And we might have the energy to hang out with each other for an hour or two, but more often than not, that was an hour or two that we had drinking wine, watching TV. And that we realized that wasn't the way we wanted to live our lives, that we actually like each other and we wanted to spend more time together. So that's one of the reasons why we decided to go into each to business with each other. Um, but that's not to say that we don't have our tough moments and we don't have our, you know, we're, we're very, both very strong willed and have, are very opinionated. So, um, you know, sometimes um, disagreements can seem like heated discussions, <laughs> but it's all the love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say that um, the great thing about being in business with uh, with the person that you love is that there are times when you're going down and you can feel yourself going down and they can lift you back up. And we have to be aware of that with each other. And we, we say that to each other. Sometimes we just say, we say, let's focus on something that's 
going on that's really good, or we try to remind each other of uh, something that's great. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you can commiserate with each other, <laughs> which, which is good as long as you say, okay, this is going to last for five minutes and we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. I think we're also fortunate that we both have different strengths. Um, David can come up with a million ideas a minute, which are, which is great. Um, but he's not very good at executing. I don't come up with any ideas, but I'm, I can execute. He's good with technology. I have no patience for it. Um, oh, I'm better, amen. I'm better with the writing. Um, he's better with the math. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we complement each other pretty well, I think. Yeah. Yep. There's be balance. Well, yes. and, and you can also kind of like when you can have like a, a mutual celebration when you've been working on something together and yes. then you've, you've reached a goal that is like a high point for your business. And it kind of like, you both feel good. It makes your relationship feel a little bit stronger. And yeah. I think, oh, absolutely. And I think that with doing the podcast and our blog, our communication has definitely strengthened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that one of the other things is it's helped me get through this time period where John is at home working full time for debt free guys. And, and I still have a day job um, and I have a bad day at work or maybe not the best day work. I won't, I'm fortunate to not have very many bad days at work, but when I have one, that's not great. I come home and I just wait for him to say something about that's something that's going on good in our business. And it just reminds me of, of how great it is to be able to be working on this together. And it's like the bright spot in your life. You're like something you can yep. look forward to. Absolutely. And yeah. It's, it's exciting because now we've got, you know, we've got a business that makes money that has a, a brand and it's, we built this from scratch ourselves, um, literally in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, it's just really, you know, there's, there's a sense of uh, a pride, you know, it's kind of like what Jim Rohn, he has a famous quote of saying, you know, become a millionaire, but not, to have a million dollars, but for what it will make of you to become a millionaire. And I think to a certain degree, that's kind of what we're experiencing, um, having built our own business that can say, uh, that will soon sustain both of us. Yes. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you've got a mountain of student loan debt, we've got a perfect solution for you. Head over to chainofwealth.com slash credible. That way you'll get redirected through to the Credible's website and using that link, you'll get $200 off your first student loan repayments if you refinance through Credible. That's provided that you owe at least $30,000 on your current student loans. Sometimes refinancing is a great way to go because you can get a lower interest rate, which means you're going to be paying less over to the lenders and you'll be able to pay off your loan much quicker because you can focus on beating down that principle sooner. That's chainofwealth.com slash credible. All right, guys, why do you think people struggle to achieve their dream? Uh, I, to be honest, I think that for the vast majority of people, they just really haven't de decided what are their dreams. They're living someone else's dream. They are living someone else's life because that's what they think that they should be doing. They haven't taken the time to pause and say, this is what I really want my life to look like. This is what I want to, to do. And then I think the second thing is that once they do figure it out or they think they've figured it out, they're scared to do it. They don't have the, either they don't have the drive or they're, they're, they're scared to take those first steps because maybe they think other people are going to think that they're, um, 
they're going beyond what they should be doing or they're leaving their friends behind. And so they don't pursue what they really want. Definitely makes sense. Do you guys have a favorite book or podcast you could recommend? Other than Chain of Wealth or Crim Money. (laughs) (laughs) Plug, plug. Um, Yeah, I'll say David and I are obsessed with Sean Croxton's quote of the day. Um, It's a, a daily quote of the day that ranges anywhere from six to 12 minutes, sometimes up to 20, maybe. Um, But they're short, they're digestible. And we really believe that, you know, everything starts with a thought and even your unconscious thoughts are affecting your outcome. Um, And a great way to sort of start improving the way you're unconsciously thinking and therefore your conscious thought um, is to put positivity in your head. And it's a great resource for that. Well, that's definitely true too. You if you're constantly telling yourself negative things, then you're, that's how you're going to feel. Right. Absolutely. So definitely positive is the way to go. Um, Do you have a favorite quote that you like to live by? Yeah. Mine is, um, is no one drifts to success. It's a quote by Napoleon Hill. He wrote the book, think and grow rich. And the reason why I love that quote is because it's just so true, no matter what aspect of your life, whether it's my relationship with John, uh, getting on track with my fitness and health or where we're going with our business. I, I know that I have to put in some effort to make it happen. It doesn't just happen on its own. Um, so David chose an author, but I chose the president of the world. <laughs> My favorite quote is um, from Oprah Winfrey, and it's, <laughs> uh, be thankful for what you have, you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never have enough. And I think that's a space that David and I were in for the longest time. And I think a lot of people are stuck in, you're, we're constantly thinking about what we don't have. Um, even if we're thinking about what somebody else has, we're in a sense thinking about that we don't have that or that ours isn't as good. Uh, And if you're constantly focused on that, then um, you're just always going to be dissatisfied. But if you focus on the good things and there's tons of good things going on, um, regardless of how frustrated or or difficult your your life may seem to be, um, you just have to look out for those. And the more you focus on the positivity, the more positivity you'll have. Gentlemen, we've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have any other final parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Sure. I think that because your podcast name is Chain of Wealth, I think a lot of people are thinking about how do they get that wealth. And my favorite thing to remind people is that no one ever gets rich living beyond their means. We all have these dreams of what we want in life, but we can't get those if we spend more money than we make. So always try to set aside the money so that you can have what you want and then live off the rest. Really appreciate that. Chainers, we've been hanging out with David Orton and John Schneider. Check out their website, debtfreeguys.com and conquer debt today. There is so much you can do. Even the smallest action you take can have a compounding effect for later on in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.